Welcome to Norwegian Newcomers, the podcast where we hear about fragments from the lives of Norway's immigrant population. Today, my guest is Johanna. Johanna, welcome. I'm glad uh, that you are here today. And uh, since we met recently at uh, our mutual friend dinner, I knew it immediately, you know, after after talking a little bit that I want to have you in in this podcast and to hear more about you and and your story. So for our listeners at the beginning, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So hi, yeah, I'm happy to be here, Vedrana. Thank you for inviting me. So I'm Johanna. I'm from Austria, born and raised in Vienna. I'm 44 years old and I've been living in Norway for about seven years now. So we moved here in 2013. I'm married. I have a little son. He's five years old, born in Oslo. And yeah. And he's a Norwegian, Austrian, he's Norwegian born Austrian. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's more complicated than that. We are three, so we are a family of three. I'm Austrian. Uh, My husband is from Serbia. Husband is from Serbia. He's from Belgrade. And my son, he's everything, right? He has, he's born in Oslo. He has an Austrian passport. His first language is Norwegian. His German is fluent. But of course, he's as much also Serbian. We're, We're a mix now. That's nice. <laughs> like, tell me, Johanna, a little bit uh, about your life in in Vienna. How that looks. My, before I moved here, yeah. So I was uh, raised in Vienna. I went to school there, studied. I I started business, international business. And when I was a young grown up, I started traveling a lot. So I started working abroad. I worked in Germany, in the US, actually. I started in Italy before that. So I always had a passion for moving abroad and traveling. So I wasn't in Vienna that much, especially after in 2006, I moved to Croatia to work there for my Austrian employer. And then I moved to Serbia, afterwards to Macedonia, Northern Macedonia, as it's called now. And so, so I was, um, yeah, I was an expat in other countries for many years of my life. But my life, I always had my apartment in Vienna and my life in Vienna was a great urban, young, grown up with uh, a single income, no kid and um, lots of friends, arts, culture, parties, being out. So yeah, had a very nice life. But from all those places that you lived, yeah. uh, do you have any, uh, do you have favorite towns or, or countries? You Actually in? not. I think I'm, I like to discover new places. I like to travel, or to live in new places, especially to live in new places. To me, there's nothing more exciting than to move to a new place, find your home there, find your daily routines there and combining your own habits with, habits at that particular place and and also experiencing the atmosphere of a new place so when i look back i have of course best memories of belgrade that's a town i i fell in love with 
but I equally have the good memories of Skopje where I lived or Munich, uh, Washington DC or uh, even even Frankfurt, which was just a work stunt there and it was not maybe the most exciting place for me to live. I have fond memories. So I, and Rome of course, where I studied for over a year. Yeah. So I, I there's not one favorite place because every place is particular and has a particular feeling about it. Yeah. How old you were when you when you start traveling or working, uh, traveling uh, well, related to work? Yeah, just in my late twenties, I'd say with my first job. Yeah. Okay, so we can say that now you are you you had almost twenty years of, of yeah. traveling experience. So it's it's half my life. Yeah. yeah. But I was always I was always based in Vienna. That was my home, and I had my apartment there. My family is there. My friends are there, and I was going abroad to study, coming back, going abroad to work as an expert, coming back, going abroad to work as a consultant on foreign projects, but coming back. So I basically, I was traveling a lot, but I never left Vienna. I always had my base there. So my home was always Vienna, right? And also when I was an expert, I worked a lot for Austrian companies abroad. Mm-hmm. So that was very different to when we then moved to Norway. I moved with everything to Norway. Now I have no residence in Vienna. I, I really moved with my life. I'm employed here. I pay my tax here. I save for my pension here. I have my health insurance here. So that is the big difference between what I did before, traveling for a limited amount of time and then moving definitely abroad to Norway. How it happens? How you ended Norway? Was it? So why, why did I end up in Norway? Yeah. That's... Um, um, it was very unexpected because it was not my idea. So I met my boyfriend, he's now my husband, um, in 2012, and he's from Belgrade. And I was at that time back in Vienna. And I was actually at a point in time where I said, I've traveled so much. Now Vienna is my home. I'm really happy here. I just don't want to move anymore. I'm kind of settling in Vienna now. <laughs> But as life goes, I, I went for the very last time I thought so, to Belgrade, um, to attend the wedding of a very close friend. Uh, she got married in Belgrade. And so I went there and since I had a whole weekend to fill, so I, I called some girls. I knew actually, I knew them from a yoga workshop in Istanbul in Turkey. So it was completely random. So I met them and then they were common friends with my now husband. And so we met going out and then, yeah, it just happened. So suddenly, uh, instead of being the last time in my life in Belgrade, I suddenly had a boyfriend in Belgrade. And he being an architect, he saw that the situation in the Balkans is, was not really looking good for architects, the professional situation. So he was thinking of moving to Norway. And the only thing I thought is like, oh no, God, no. Now I'm staying in Vienna, I'm not moving to the Nordics and I was not even so interested in Scandinavia. I liked the southern countries much more or Asia. I was very much interested in Asia actually at that time. And But I really liked him and I really wanted to be together with him. So I supported his uh, wish and said, okay, I can also check if I can find a job in Norway. And then if so, maybe that's a good solution. Because there was one thing I knew, I mean, we could have just as well moved to Vienna because Vienna, the situation, it's I, there's no need to move out. There is a good welfare state. I had a high salary. I had a good life. So I had no economic reason to leave Vienna. 
The only thought I had is that maybe for a relationship, it's not easy if one is an immigrant and the other one is at home. That can be a burden sometimes. It's your country, it's your language, it's your friends, and the other one is the newcomer. I thought it could be, it would be the best for us if we both moved to a third place, to a new place where we both are equal. So I looked for jobs I, I, and I worked for a big mobile communication provider at that time. And then I thought, okay, the only chance is to apply for the mobile communication provider in Norway. And then I saw a job, which I thought, that's really interesting because it's in Norway, but it's about managing projects in Asia and in Serbia. And I'm like, I love Asia. I am so interested in Asia. I want to work with Asia, actually. And it's about working with Serbia. I speak Serbian. I used to work there. That's my job. And I sent one application on Norway, and then even it turned out that a one colleague of mine I worked with in Vienna, she like, oh, I know that woman who's hiring. I'll give her a call, right? And so I got that job, right? Yeah. And suddenly I had a everything. job offer and everything for a job in Oslo, which I thought is really interesting. And I thought, okay, let's try it. Let's move. And so we moved in 2013. I started my new job. Uh, first, actually, they sent me to work in Serbia, in Belgrade, for three months, which was uh, yeah, an easy start because I was already there uh, yeah, living with yeah. him. An amazing three months in Belgrade. Uh, and then we moved in September 2013. We finally packed all our suitcases and moved to Oslo and started to start our new life there. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really... <laughs> that's cool, First, on the idea of, of your uh, husband to mm. move to Norway, you, you, you didn't want, you didn't... Not at all. I because like, what kind of, what, what was your impression? I mean, it was, it was a quite a new rela- relationship and very fragile, right? And after a couple of months, so I thought like, okay, I can't say no, 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 no. You want to go to Oslo, just go because I want to stay in Vienna. So I was very cautious. I remember he, he told me that, he would like to look for new opportunities outside Serbia. And then I asked him, yeah, so where would you want to move? And then he said, probably Norway, because he had friends who already worked here. And my first reaction was, oh, no. Oh, now I found this nice guy and I really want to be with him. But now he He leaves. He wants to go to Norway. I really don't want to go to Norway. So I didn't say anything. I had a very bad feeling, but I didn't say anything, right? Because I thought it's not fair for me. It's it's too fresh. I can't say, no, please, can we just go to Vienna? So I, I just shut up and said, okay, I'll wait and see. Let's see how this turns out. And then I kind of thought it's not fair for my side to just, if he has this plan and this wish, why would I just tell him, no, let's do something completely different? And then I know how hard it can be in Vienna for immigrants from the Balkan region because you're part of the biggest immigration group. And if if you have a Serbian name and, and you come to Vienna, it, it's, it can be fine because there's a big group. It's like all social layers of the society. There's people from the Balkans. It's in Vienna. You would hear Serbian or Croatian or Bosnian on every street you walk. Little Yugoslavia. Yeah, they Yugoslavia, yeah, very much. And but it uh, it can also be very difficult because you can have a stigma as an immigrant, which uh, whereas I knew maybe this is different in Norway, as an architect because there's also more opportunities in architecture in the Nordics and it's very interesting with uh, yeah a lot of building activity and uh, architecture has a very high value up here, so yeah I thought I I just support him, 
And then I sent this one application just by coincidence. And then that job was so interesting that I actually couldn't say no to the job. So the decision was done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you made yeah. the balance yeah. <laughs> to make easier for yourself. Yeah. So we moved, actually, it was his idea. But actually, when we moved here, I had a job. He didn't. So that was yeah. interesting. So it was my job that brought us here, but it was his wish before. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, but a good combination for yeah. a couple, kind of, yeah, supporting each other in, in every way. But uh, when you when you knew that you're moving to to Norway, do you have any concerns or some things that you the thinking could be a problem? Not at way? all, because I, I I had traveled before, right? And so I think I was also very naive because I remembered all my traveling or living abroad as an expat, where you still have a strong relationship to your hometown and you're most of the time also employed back home or receive your salary from back home. And I was probably naive then and just moving to Norway thinking, oh, this will be the same. But it is different if you move for real yeah, and then you go thing, get yeah. into the system abroad. Right. And so I, I probably underestimated that. And I also thought, OK, Austria, German speaking country, Scandinavia, how different can that be? I could even read, you know, when you're a German speaker and you read Norwegian or Swedish newspapers, you can pick up a lot of words mm -hmm. because the languages are very similar. And I thought the difference can't be too big, but I was actually very wrong. The difference is quite big, <laughs> even within Europe. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, what uh, what are the differences that you are uh, seeing yeah. or registering from the? Yeah. So in the beginning, it was hard to come here. So I had uh, so we came here. We found a very nice rental apartment for a couple that moved to Berlin for three months, and we said perfectly. Now we can move to Oslo for three months and. Then we have a place uh, and some time to look for a new place. So we came into this perfect apartment in Sankt Hanshagen and I started my new job with very nice colleagues, super interesting working with uh, countries in Asia. And the working language was English, so there was no need for me to learn Norwegian. First, it's I think it's very hard to move as a grown-up. We were in our late 30s and we had no kids. And I completely underestimated that because before I was traveling a lot, but I was a bit younger. I had other colleagues who were also expats or I studied. So you have you meet people at universities. So I was just traveling, meeting people. And then I went to work. I had very nice colleagues. But of course, at 5 p.m. at 4.30, everyone says I have to go home to my family. I see you. And I was there. Who would now go out for a drink with me? Because in Serbia, where I worked before, in Austria, it's much more that maybe you hang out, you work longer hours, maybe you hang out after work. And I also had my bunch of friends who maybe did not have kids yet or had kids, but were also going out more. So we were very much alone. We moved in October, September, October, so it was winter. And we were just sitting home every afternoon. Yeah, and, and being alone and not knowing so many people yet. So that was, uh, that was hard. It's not easy because we are both very social types. We like to hang out with friends, having friends over. And now being a mom and having a small child, I see it myself. I don't have time after work. I have to pick up from mm -hmm. kindergarten. You have to make dinner. So it's uh, it's also the age group, of course. Yeah. It's a big difference. And that probably is not specific to Norway. That would have been the same moving to Berlin, uh, Paris or anywhere else because uh, it's it's hard to meet people. Yeah, just like this. The other thing was that people in Norway, I experienced them. I experienced people to be very open and very nice, extremely friendly. Uh, 
extremely interested in why we moved here. So it was a very positive experience. But of course, no one said, oh, come home, come to my place. Let's have a beer, go out. This took a long time until the first colleague asked me, uh, you know what, can you come to my place with another colleague? We cook something and we'll have wine. We have some glass of wine and have a chat. And that took us for sure six months before that happened. And I'm still grateful to this one girl about that. And I don't think that all the others, they didn't mean to be distant, but uh, it takes time here in Norway until you get really acquainted with people. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's interesting. That it's so, the regions are so open yeah. and curious in a way, but it really takes some time to... I spoke to this, I spoke about this with another friend who's also, she's half Norwegian, half uh, foreign, and we had the same experience that we started our work, we started our jobs, and you sit in a huge open office. And it's very different from home because back home in Austria, people would come and say good morning and hi to everyone. You would ask everyone to go for lunch. You would chat with people much more and you would uh, yeah, interact more. And then I came to the office here and people were just with their headphones and working. And uh, then it would just go for lunch and sometimes not ask me to come along. And I think... It took me a while to understand it's not because they don't like me. It's not because um, they don't think about me. It's because they don't want to disturb me because they thought I was working. And what it means being polite in Norway is very different from what it means being polite in Austria. And it was a very interesting discovery because I thought Germanic countries and Nordics and Germany, Austria would be very different. But... I would say my experience now, uh, in my experience now in Norway, uh, you're, you're not supposed to disturb people. So when you think someone's working, better not interrupt or disturb. So leave people alone, right? Leave people in their peace and they will come to you. They will ask you if they want something. Whereas in Austria, I would say it's the opposite. You have to ask people out. You have to, If you go for lunch, you have to ask all your colleagues, will you come with me? Who wants to be with us? And when, when you leave uh, from, when I heard for the first time people just left without saying goodbye, I'm like, well, why did he just leave without saying goodbye? And then I was told, no, but why? he didn't want to disturb you. And then I said, yeah, it's very impolite not to say goodbye. And then the other colleague, it's very impolite to disturb you while you're working. So that was a very funny yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if others experienced the same. And that was very important for me to understand. So it's not that people were... I experienced people being distant, but actually they were not distant because they didn't like me or they were impolite. They were distant because they respected me and my, my individual space and they wanted to be polite to me. And as soon as I understood that, and it took me a while, uh, life in Norway got much better because then I also noticed I have to be, I have to approach people much more and not just sit and wait that people approach me. Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's the. I would say also that it's not there's a communicative and there, but you need to take mm -hmm. initiative. Otherwise, yes. it can yeah. last for a long. And then you have to take a lot of initiative. And then we we came here and we were missing our friends. We were lacking new friends. And then it's what everyone here experienced. The first, what everyone here experiences. The first people you meet are other foreigners. People who are in the same situation like you, right? And then you meet the first people and 
I think we were desperately looking for new friends. And sometimes it was so disappointing because you give, you invest so much. You give so much in hanging out with new people, meeting new people. But it's not always a match, right? It's not everyone you meet is your new best friend. And I remember sometimes I thought, like, this is so hard. It takes so much energy to just um, to open up land. <laughs> and, and because I was Miss Indiana, I had a huge group of friends. There was always something happening. So I was missing that to be connected to lots of different people in in society, to always have be able to just call someone and go somewhere if I want to. So I was really missing that. Not planning that socializing. Uh, exactly. Week, uh, and that's yeah. a very good point, Petra and I. So much planning, right? That you're, whom can I meet? What can we do? And so it's, it's, it's a big investment you have to do if you move as a grown-up. But also yeah. do you think that... Uh, uh, yeah, here I, I with my closest uh, Norwegians, uh, sometimes lacking the spontaneous. You know that it's kind of as if we are set up different. That that if it's not to work, if, so if it's not professional, where I'll be on time exactly, uh, precise and everything. But when it comes to the socializing, let's have fun, let's go to the movie or anything, then not to be so planned, you know month uh, had uh, when what where that 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 i still uh... i said the same i i would have said the same let's say six years ago and now um now we're a couple with a five-year-old child uh two jobs and the child and suddenly i've become the one yeah in three weeks on that weekend we can probably do something now i see it's us yeah we've become this way I'm not sure if it uh, if it's about I don't know if would it be so different in Vienna. I think it has also to do with the family situation, yeah. because two jobs and in Norway most people have two jobs, yeah. and a child or two children or three even like most many of our friends here have, and in Norway it's expensive to have help. So you don't have this army of babysitters, cleaners, and others who help you all the time. Most people I know because they have their family in other parts of Norway. They do not have babysitters from the family. They do not have help at home. Grandma, so yeah. yeah, but you don't. Most people don't have it here in Oslo, right? Mm-hmm. You have it somewhere else in Norway. So you basically lack time, and then your evenings are full. So so I see it myself now that it's sometimes hard to organize something in advance. Whereas, for example, in Serbia, where I live there, I experience people to be almost too spontaneous for me it's like let's have coffee now i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. i want to do something different now but okay maybe in two days so so but then you have a whole support system that manages your family life yeah which you don't have here so i think uh, it has to do a lot with that the, the lack of spontaneity i also experienced in the beginning because now i must say also with our new norwegian friends and where we live now i experience it to be very spontaneous actually yeah, mm. we are hearing more often, and I, 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 I agree with that. That Norway is really good uh, country for kids or raising with kids. What do you think about that? Yes, it is. I thought a lot about that because coming from Austria, where there's no need to move from, it's we have a welfare state very comparable to the Norwegian one, if not even with be- <laughs> a slightly better one when it comes to the healthcare system, actually. Um, I had a good job. I earned exactly the money I earn here now, net, but price prices are 50% higher here. So I actually made a very bad deal coming here <laughs> economically. Um, but I thought about it. So what's the difference? And it's um, children. I think it's 
easier being a parent. So before talking about children, I, I think the bigger difference is it's very easy to be a parent because what's unique here is the work-life balance we can have. Because in Austria, in the job I have, I'm a manager now in an insurance company before I worked for mobile communication. Um, I would have to choose being a mother. Do I want to be a mother and work part-time? That's what most my girlfriends also did in Austria when they had small children. Or do I want to work full-time, but then have my mom with me or have a babysitter? Because you would have meetings at 5 p.m. You're expected to work long hours, especially at management level. Here you have... I'd say the perfect work-life balance. At 4.35, the office is empty because everyone's going home to their kids. And not only the women, it's also the dads go home to their kids because they want to be home. They want to eat middag, so the dinner together. And they want to spend quality time with their families. And that was a big change. And that's, I think, because uh, I think Norwegian kids, as I see it, have much more access to their parents. Because I grew up with a dad who came home when I was in bed. And I think it's still normal for many families I know also now in Austria. Yeah, if you if you want to invest a lot in your career. Whereas here we are three of us at home, we have a lot of time together and it's totally manageable. So a child would probably I, I love my job and I love to work. So my son has a happy mom because she can fulfill her career and have a fulfilled professional life and she and I can be a mom. I can spend enough time with him. So that's a big difference here in Norway. And then the other thing uh, I like when I look at Norwegian kindergarten, it's uh, they invest a lot in this. When I see in other countries, or Austria, where I come from, maybe there would be 20 kids and two grown-ups. I don't know exactly, but that's what yeah. I imagine it to be. But in Norway, you would have one grown-up for three kids when mm. they're in the, you know, at the youngest age. And they're very caring and it's very, they're sitting on the laps and they're reading together. It's, it's very, it's not so much education as coolage. It's just caring and loving. Um, yeah, and re- the most important. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's really nice. And another thing I really appreciate here is that equality is such an important value in Norway. And I see my son grows up with this value from the beginning that it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl, it doesn't matter where you come from. And of course it matters where you come from. We all know about social problems that exist and the challenges we have with immigration, but the values he gets is everyone's equal and everyone has the same chances and everyone has to be treated the same way and no one's different. And I think that's a beautiful value here. And I really started appreciating this in Norway. So it's a perfect place to grow up. When it comes to the identity thing, how you feel, where's your home or what's your home or how you think that uh, your, your your kid is born mm. here and what kind of identity he, he will... I thought about this a lot, especially when I had a baby here, because my home is Vienna and will always be. I've been born there, raised there, went to school, studied there, and I started traveling or working abroad when I was older. So my roots, and, and, and that's where I come from. And my whole family is from Austria. So um, there's no doubt. I like Norway a lot, and Oslo started becoming my home. That started maybe two, three years ago. I had 
the time where I was very homesick actually and thought I really want to go but I miss Vienna so much and I miss my friends so much and, and the lifestyle in Vienna because it's exhausting to come here and build up everything from you. But now I see I, I, I'm very fond of Norway and Oslo and maybe the whole Corona and COVID-19 thing helped because we couldn't travel as much as we wanted to. Yeah. So we really even got to know, got to know the place even better than before. So it's um, it's the place where I live now. I'm I love it very much. But my home is Vienna, my roots. But when it comes to my kid, that's very different. He's born here, and that's his home. He doesn't know anything else. That's our apartment, our um, part of the city. That's that's where home is, right? And Norwegian is his language. That's what he says also. And he spoke Norwegian words from kindergarten before he spoke German words. He started actively speaking German with me when he was three years old. Yeah. Whereas the first Norwegian words came for sure when he was two. And um, Serbian, so I speak uh, German to him. My husband speaks Serbian to him and he understands everything, but he answers in Norwegian. My husband and I still speak English to each other because that's how we met. So we are the crazy family. When people see us on the metro and I speak German, he answers in German, then the other one speaks Serbian, he answers in Norwegian, then we speak in English. People just turn around and stare at us. And I know it's because they really want to figure out where we come from. So it's it's totally possible to have four languages around a dinner table with three people. It's It's totally possible and we don't even notice. And I think that's just beautiful. But of course, I thought a lot about my son and what is his identity going to be? Where is he Norwegian? But we don't speak Norwegian at home. His Norwegian will never, ever be as fluent as the Norwegian of our neighbor child, who has Norwegian parents, who have the dialects from home, who grew up here. And it's, mm -hmm. it's you learn a language in a different way if you speak Norwegian at home as well, right? Yeah. And he has Norwegian in kindergarten and at home he doesn't have it. On the other hand, his German will never be as Austrian or Viennese as my German. Because, of course, he does, his grammar is not perfect now with five years. Totally normal because he has three languages, even four, and not only one. So I thought about this a lot. But I think, you know what? His identity is exactly that. That he belongs to all places. And that it's actually, I, I need to forget this ambition of his Norwegian needs to be as perfect as of a Norwegian child. His German, Austrian German, needs to be as perfect as of a child in Vienna. And probably his uh, Serbian as perfect as of a Belgrade child. This is not possible. And this can't be true. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Because his identity is exactly what it is. He is uh, Norwegian, Austrian, Serbian mix. And uh, that's fine. And I think it, it will make his life richer rather than being a disadvantage. I totally agree. <laughs> but again, and here's the difference maybe we have in Oslo, we have a German Norwegian school. I registered him there and I want him to go there because uh, then he will get the best of both worlds, right? He'll have Norwegian education a bit and, and German as well. So he can choose when he's older. And he'll have lots of classmates. All of his classmates probably are in the same position. They have bi at least bilingual parents, probably parents from two different countries. And yeah. so he'll he'll grow up, grow up in this world, which I think is beautiful. And then again, growing up in Norway, being a German speaker, it will never be seen as a disadvantage. I think our story is, is very different 
from a family coming here from Africa or Asia, uh, speaking a language that doesn't have a value in Europe, like German has, and uh, going to a Norwegian school. So it's a very different situation. How often you often you are going home? Often. So Christmas would be Austria because uh, we have other international friends who always have to choose for Christmas. We are lucky we have two Christmases. We have uh, the Austrian Catholic Christmas on the 24th. That's when we're in Austria. Then we have the Orthodox Christmas on the 6th of January, where we usually are in Norway because of work. So that's a bit stupid that we share holidays with Austria, but not with Serbia. That's a challenge in in spending the holidays in Serbia. Mm -hmm. So, but Christmas, Easter and summer would be always spent in either Austria or Serbia. Yeah. So we have to see our our son needs to see his grandparents. Uh, he has cousins in Austria he's very fond of. And then I would always do a couple of weekends in the middle. So usually I'd say three, four times a year, at least. This is a two-hour flight. Yeah, it's, it's mm. a really short distance. But the, do, you, do you see yourself staying for good, living in Norway? I don't know. A lot of people ask that. Uh, it's funny. This is a question you get from the first day here. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Are you staying for good? Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, if you had told me 10 years ago, uh, Johanna, you're going to be married to a Serbian and live and work in a Norwegian insurance. I would say having a son who speaks Norwegian as a first language, I would have said, are you crazy? That's not me. So after all this happened, I know it's just not uh, possible to make plans. So we simply don't know. Three years ago, I'd, I'd have said probably, no, no way. I will do the work here for a couple of years and then probably move back to Austria. But with every year you live here, it becomes more and more home. And it's also the home of my child. So things change. But if when I retire, if I live here, live here in Austria or somewhere completely different, who knows? So that's a question that can't be answered. Yeah, yeah, can't see in the future. I mean, is there anything uh, that you can say that, oh, I totally adopt that, I took that from Norwegians? Say, yeah, yeah, I, I when I moved here, I, I accept that. Mm. And it became part of me. I think what I would like to adopt is um, the Norwegian way of listening to others and never to interrupt people when they talk, because I think that's a beautiful value here that you're not supposed to interrupt anyone. But I'm an extrovert, uh, Central European. I'm just still talking far too much, interrupting people, asking questions. So, it is, so this is something I want to work on. Uh, adopting but uh, one thing I for sure adopted and I notice it is uh, a bit of patience in daily life I remember when I took the bus to my first employer uh, outside Oslo and then uh, people were queuing up at the bus door and the bus door was broken and nobody was screaming at the bus driver open the door or nothing people were just standing silently waiting because it will be soft and eventually the door opened and they left the bus and I thought like, oh, how stupid. Why is nobody say anything? And I got really impatient. <laughs> I like, open the door. <laughs> and now uh, I notice myself, uh, I can stand in line and wait and think, yeah, it will solve. I just have to wait a bit. So this patience in daily life, I think it's uh, it's nice. And it's, it's not good for your health to be always so excited. 
And I noticed it when I'm in a supermarket because in Austria or in Vienna, you're in a supermarket and when there's at least three people waiting uh, in line in front of you, people would start shouting loud, open a cashier. <laughs> That's what we do in Vienna and it would be unthinkable here to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I noticed that when I'm back home, I'm like, I, I changed. I'm just waiting and think it will be fine. Come on, relax. Uh, they will open it. So that's something I really adopted, I think. Patience in daily life. Um, I became very fond of all the Christmas traditions in Norway. Um, yeah, other traditions. I think it also has to do with having a child here because through kindergarten you, you adopt all the traditions. So that's something I get, got very fond of, but it's not so different from Austria. So it's very easy yeah. to adopt. Outdoor life has a big value. It has a big value in Austria as well, but I think that has an even bigger value here. And that's also something I got very fond of. So I could not imagine anymore living in a big city without being in a forest regularly or just being outdoor. So that's something I also got very fond of. And this closeness to nature that people have here in Norway, that's, that's beautiful. Johanna, tell me when when you felt that uh, this is your home or starting to be, that, or you are calling Oslo your home. Yeah, now it's Vienna is of course my home, but I, it's also my home. It's the place where I live. It's uh, I think only people like us understand the concept that you can have two homes. Um, it took a while, and the two things I think that started making me feel more at home here. One thing is having a child whose home it is because you relate to the home of your child. And because of kindergarten and friends from kindergarten, I made also more Norwegian friends with whom I new friends with whom I spoke Norwegian from the beginning and not just uh, other expats, right? Because you're always in a bubble, in the expat bubble in the beginning if you get to know other foreigners. So that was a big part. And the other part was when I changed jobs uh, two years ago, um, from um, international business environment that I came here for to a very Norwegian job. And that was the best decision I, I took because uh, before I had, I had an interesting job but I was traveling all the time. I was in Thailand, Malaysia, Myanmar. I was in Serbia a lot. Uh, my colleagues were English speaking. So I was in this international business bubble eight hours a day and not in Oslo. Right. And then uh, sometimes I was working more with people abroad to sit in other countries than with colleagues in Oslo. So professionally, I never really landed here. And then I changed to a very Norwegian job uh, for Norwegian insurance. And it's great. I have amazing colleagues who um, were genuinely interested in where I come from. And uh, I even made very good friends in that company. And I was, instead of traveling to Thailand, I'm now traveling to Bergen. Yeah. And I love it. And that helped me a lot to land here, to have... Uh, Norwegian colleagues, Norwegian friends at work, to be connected to lots of pe local people. And I think that's important. Just just to live here and being connected to people abroad is not enough. For me, for some people maybe it is. For some people an apartment or a place or the nature around is important enough. I'm a person, most important to me are people and connections. And now with lots of connections to people in Norway, having lots of Norwegian friends from different places of Norway, I feel connected to this place 
and to the people here and their history. And also living in Oslo now for seven years almost, now we come to a place when we meet new people and then suddenly we have uh, mutual uh, friends or acquaintances. Mm. It's, a, it's a small place, right? This can yeah. happen after seven years. And that's what I need in order to feel at home, that I feel connected to, to, to the people. Unfortunately, we have come to the end of this episode. Johanna, thank you very much for being with us today. It was a really interesting story and I, I'm really glad every person coming here brought us kind of some new thoughts and uh, I really enjoyed uh, listening and uh, thinking about new things I heard. So thank you very much being with us and welcome again to Norwegian Newcomers family. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening. You can find us on our homepage, NorwegianNewcomers.com, Instagram and Facebook page. And we also have a Patreon page where you can support us and get episodes earlier than everyone else, plus some behind the scenes content. Bye bye. <laughs>